What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Monday, February 24th, 2014, and you guys are listening to episode 150. Uh, I can't believe I'm at 150 episodes. Um, feels like yesterday I started doing this thing. Thank you for listening. Thanks for all of you uh, who have been there from the beginning, and thank you all who uh, just hopped the board, the TVE uh, <laughs> train here. I really appreciate it. I told you guys I'll be back on Monday. Quick turnaround, you know, just um, with almost missing that week and doing it on Thursday last week. I wanted to get back to having this out or recorded by Monday night so you guys could get it late Monday night or early Tuesday. And that's what I want to keep doing from here on out. So uh, before this Canada trip, which I'm about to go on starting on uh, Saturday, just want to knock everything out right after the weekend by Monday nights. So here we go. Got a lot of cool stuff to talk about. We're going to talk um, some interesting shit that I saw on Discovery Channel last night. I want to talk about that. Also, um, I'm going to, um, didn't see a movie, but we're going to talk uh, some actors. We're also going to talk about the tragic loss of um, Harold Ramis, who, in my opinion, is the Michael Jordan of comedy screenwriters. So we're going to talk about uh, the passing of him at the early uh, early age of 69. That's really young uh, today, so uh, it's horrible. But, uh, boy, did he leave a body of work behind. So we're going to talk about that. And um, got unacceptable. Got some stuff with sports. So we're going to get into it, man. We got the um, We got the nice blueprint for today's show. I'm ready to go. I'm back on schedule, get this thing out, and then the next one will be from Canada, one of those cities, man. I'm doing every one in Canada. It's going to be pretty nuts to be out there. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. Uh, first, I'm trying to think of what happened. Well, you know, not too much has happened between uh, Thursday and today. So uh, well, one thing that happened was it was actually pretty cool. I uh, After I did the theater at Westbury with Bill uh, Burr in uh, Long Island, uh, I was going to take some time off, spend some time with the family because I'm going to be uh, gone for so long um, out of the country. And what I was going to do was um, chill, make some dinner this on uh, Thursday night. Was it Thursday night? You know, I'm sorry, it was Friday night. What I was going to do Friday night was chill, maybe make some dinner, watch a movie, or even go to the movies. And then I got a phone call from Levity Live. And Levity Live had told me that, uh, you know, so one of their comedians was stuck in an airport with the fog because it was just so foggy on the East Coast and that they were in Pittsburgh and it was going to be some time. So they're like, hey, man, you know, if you're off, you know, we'd like to have you around, this and that. And, you know, Levity is like my home comedy club that's not in New York City. So, like, I have my New York City comedy clubs, and then I have, like, Levity, which is in Rockland County, right across the Tappansee Bridge, and that's kind of like my home, you know, in New York. That's, I guess you'd say, my, my suburban comedy home, uh, as opposed to, like, the stand and stand-up New York, which is in New York City. So, um, I'm like, yeah, man, you know, so I just, I told my wife, I was like, look, you know, um, I'm gonna go out there, see what the deal is. You know, they told me I was getting paid regardless, and I got to go out there, and not only was it um, packed, it was almost sold out, and uh, the Steve Byrne from Sullivan and Son uh, was there, also uh, 
Ryan Dalton, who opens for Steve sometime. I know Ryan from when I worked with him in San Antonio. And uh, and also a good friend of mine, Johnny Lampert, um, who's always been great to me. He lives in Rockland County. He came out. So they basically like called in the cavalry uh, for this night. And um, I got to tell you, man, I went up uh, second, and I had such a great time. Just so much fun and um, great club. One of the best staffs out there. They're just so great, and uh, they were so thankful to to you know have the comedians that they called last minute come in i was grateful to be in front of a packed beautiful crowd i mean the crowd was just sick and um everybody crushed the show and it was a really good time so and i haven't been there in a while i'll actually be back at levity live at the end of march i'll talk about that in the plugs at the end but a uh, great club and i had a great time on friday night saturday i'm trying to catch you guys up right up to the minute i'm trying to remember um Saturday we did stuff as a family. Saturday, me and my whole family, we went to, um, we were going to go to an aquarium, but that didn't work out because I took the kids to Target. Anytime you go to Target, it's always going to be longer than you thought, and you're leaving with toys even when you don't want to. Like somehow the toys just make it in the fucking cart. You don't even know. You're like, no, 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 we're going there for this and that. Like we need cotton balls and fucking cat litter. And then you end up going there, and I got like Elio's pizzas and fucking Ninja Turtles. Like it just it just turns into that. So <laughs> that's that's how what happens when you go to Target. You know the kids just the kids just go nuts, man. Can I get this? Can they start like making deals? That's the funniest thing when your kids start making deals. All right, Dad, Dad, listen, listen, listen. Okay, okay, look, look. It's almost like you start raising like a little used car salesman. Just like all right, listen, listen. You don't have to get me a toy, right? But how about like a puzzle or like they just go to like the education. That's really smart though. They go from like a toy to kind of like an educational project. So then that, now you look like the piece of shit, you know, father who doesn't get them like, the, you know, the book or the puzzle, you know, and then they're saying it in front of other parents in the store like, dad, I want this so I can go home and learn. And you're like, you know he's only doing it because there's a picture of like Raphael and Michelangelo with the Ninja Turtles on it. But you're like, oh, I got to say yes. So we did that, man. We went out. We went to eat. Oh, dude, we I went to a um, burger place. I got to talk about this. I went to this place called Bear Burger. Some of you people might know, but it's like 100% look organic. Everything there is like organic from farmer's markets delicious we had these spicy fried pickle chips in this sauce that was unbelievable i had this burger my wife had this incredible chicken sandwich but you could tell everything is like homegrown like like farmer's market type shit delicious um and i tried like a little bit like a tiny sip a couple sips of this um like vanilla honey milkshake that I just had to take a couple of sips and it they just tasted fresh and different. It was almost like the sushi of milkshakes where like, you know, when you eat sushi, you feel full, but you don't feel like a fat bloated piece of shit who's going to burst at the seams. That's how you felt with this uh, shake. So we ate there. It was great. The kids, you know, they had their like kids meals there that they had. It's not even fast food. Like it's waitress service, but I mean, you could drink there. It's great. Um, of course, you know, we didn't, but great, uh, I mean, even I had like a big, uh, big drink, like an iced tea or whatever, lemonade, and it was just great, like everything was just great at this place, Bear Burger, and if you look it up, uh, it'll show you like all their menu, but you could eat like bison and elk 
and beef and like you pick like the 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 proteins that you want and then you could make your own like if you want pickles onions and whatever you want you make it but really good called bear burger check it out um it's probably like it's a chain i think or they're they're making more of them but you got to check it out so we did that and uh had a good time yesterday chilled around the house you know cleaning up getting ready to i'm getting ready to get all my shit together to to pack i never packed for to be gone for a month before and I'm usually a light packer, so that's why I'm kind of panicked. Like, I'm the type of guy, I swear to God, I can get seven days in. Like, if I go to Vegas for seven days, I can get in all those outfits in a carry-on. So I'll get seven days in Vegas, whatever the weather. I'll get seven days in a carry-on, and then I'll bring my book bag. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm no checking bags, but this is 20. So I think it's impossible. I'm going to have to suck it up, and I'm going to have to just understand... And, uh, you know, give in to the fact that I will be checking a bag when I fly to Moncton, New Brunswick. Got to stop in uh, Montreal first, but that's uh, that's going down early. On for what sucks, I got to fly early, man. It's going to be a tough, Saturday's going to be tough. And then we got two shows that night. Saturday's going to be a tough one, but... Um, and that's it, and here we are today doing the Verzi Effect podcast. And, um, you know... I'm actually going to get right into... I'll get into the Harold Ramis now. So we'll do the Harold Ramis. Here's what we'll do. We'll do the Harold Ramis and then and, and the movie section because I want to talk about another actor. So I'm going to get into that. And then we'll talk about something I saw on the, the Discovery Channel. And we'll do the... Um, you know, we'll do the Unacceptable. We'll get into some sports and we'll go from there. Okay. Um, I'm normally not somebody... That, like, I'm normally, like, if I see somebody die, I really, I'm not even, I don't really go to Twitter and say RIPs. You know, if I don't know them, if I've never met them, you know, it would have to be somebody that kind of touched me in a way or or has given me something where I would feel like, wow, you know. Otherwise, I mean, of course, I'm, I'm going to feel bad and, and all that shit. But, you know, I, I'm not really one to be like, man, such a sad day. But when I saw the Harold Ramis thing... Um, I actually learned things that I'm going to share with you guys now about him that I did not know about about his projects. Okay, what I did know was, and I may try double checked, but I mean Harold Ramis for people that don't know, and the reason why I call him the Michael Jordan of comedy screenplays is, I mean this guy was a, a Chicago guy. He took part in pretty much every classic funny movie that like your dad or even grandfather talked about like that's the crazy thing about him like everything from like the late 70s till basically like recently this guy took part in the legendary ones Caddyshack Back to School you know National Lampoon's Vacation just things that like brought families together like me and my brother get together we still quote I mean me and Jason Lawhead to this very day a comic that I'm going on tour with he's been on the show Lawhead's also opened for Burr and that's how we met and we've become dear friends and stuff and you know Lawhead and I to this day we'll call each other you know from New York to California we'll get on the phone and like we'll just start quoting Chevy Chase in that movie or certain scenes and and, and you know all the time you know um 
So, I mean, back to school, you know, with Dangerfield, you know, I, I saw Dangerfield at Radio City when that movie was popular. That's another movie that I always quote. It's another movie that I own. Those are two movies that I own in my house that I could watch right now. You know, I almost feel like today should be like a holiday. Like Harold Ramis, like I think you should watch one of the movies, Caddyshack, which is people arguably the funniest movie. I mean, so all of these movies, but I, I found out other things. So what I want to do now is, and, and this is why I said RIP to this guy, because this guy um, was a part of my childhood and this guy is part of the funniest movies ever but just to let people know the magnitude of the the, the comedy loss that this is I, I i'm gonna open up his imdb here okay his um, internet movie database or whatever and open that up and i'm just gonna read some of these movies and this guy took part in all of these movies so let's do this together i think this is gonna be pretty cool and i've never attributed somebody like this but this is somebody that deserves to be so here we go IMDb, you could look, born on uh, November 21st, 1944 in Chicago, Harold Allen Ramis, okay, um, wow, got his start in comedy as Playboy Magazine's joke editor and reviewer in 1969, then he joined Second City Improvisational Theater Troupe before moving to New York to help write and perform in, na- in the National Lampoon Show, okay, so that's what he did, um, Oh, terrible. Passed away at 69 years old. Listen to these movies that he wrote for. Ghostbusters, real Ghostbusters. What else, Doug? Analyze that. Uh, bedazzled. All right, there's got to be a bad one in there, right? Analyze this. Groundhog's Day. Um, Rover Dangerfield. I guess that was an animated thing. Ghostbusters 2. Caddyshack 2. Um, back to School. Club Paradise, which I loved as a kid. I saw that movie. Stripes. Uh, Caddyshack, Meatballs, Animal House, okay, now this is, here Here are his 23 acting credits, he was in a movie, uh, 2009, year one, he played Adam, he was Dr. Egon, of course, in Ghostbusters, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story he was in, he was Ben's dad in Knocked Up, uh, he was in The Last Kiss, I'm With Lucy, Orange County, High Fidelity, As Good As It Gets, Love Affair, Airheads, Groundhog Day, Ghostbusters 2, Stealing Home, Baby Boom, Ghostbuster, Ghostbusters, uh, National Lampoon's Vacation, he was a car salesman uh, voice, uncredited, uncredited in that, Spade Hunter, uh, Second City TV, Heavy Metal, and Stripes. Okay, now listen to what he directed. Here are the 14 movies this guy directed. Okay, he directed Year One Atlanta, The Ice Harvest. Loved The Ice Harvest. Uh, analyze that, but analyze this. Multiplicity, Stewart Saves His Family, Groundhog's Day, Club Paradise, National Lampoon's Vacation, and Caddyshack. I mean, that's just fucking unbelievable. And, um, yeah, so... But I got to tell you, everybody was talking Stripes and Caddyshack, and I know those two were great, and I know those two are classics. I could never ever say anything bad about them i will not say anything bad i'm not i don't even have a yeah but okay that's how good that is okay but national lampoon's vacation the original with chevy chase i i swear to god that movie is so hilarious and great that uh, you know I, I could watch it it's one of those that you could just keep watching so hearing the news about uh, harold ramus today was just awful um, I'm just thinking about the part when Chevy Chase jumped in the pool and then, uh, he was standing there with Rusty. He goes, did she take your order? He goes, yeah, yeah. She took my order. She took my order. Um, so it's just so great. But, um, 
rest in peace to a guy that um, just was just a, a comedic, just genius writing, directing, and all that stuff, and the small parts he acted in. He was great, and just great, just great when it comes to comedy. Uh, Harold Ramis was a legend, so um, I just wanted to do that because those movies uh, resonate b- big time with me and my family, so uh, rest in peace, Harold Ramis. Now, getting into movies, <clears throat> excuse me, and we'll stick with the movies with this, but I uh, put something on my Facebook the other day, and uh, I got a lot of feedback from it, and it, it's uh, about an actor, you know, last week I talked about Al Pacino, maybe I'll do that, maybe when I'm not, you know, well, you know, I don't even want to fucking promise anything, <laughs> you know what I'm going to do from now on, and then, I, then I'm like, nah, you know, no, but I was going to say, when I don't watch a movie, maybe I'll talk about an actor, but I could end up talking about it. other movies, old movies, whatever. Anyway, I posted something, and I and what I said on Facebook was, Gary Oldman is one of the most underrated actors ever. And I said, has he ever been in anything bad? Gary Oldman is unbelievable. Unbelievable in everything. He was the bad pimp in True Romance, which was amazing. I mean, right there, it's amazing. He's, I mean, he's great as Commissioner Gordon in the new Batmans, of course. I think he was a bad guy in The Professional. He was the bad guy in Air Force One. He was, uh, was, I'm missing so many here. I mean, it's just like, that's, I mean, Gary Oldman is just a monster in everything that he does, and he just doesn't get recognized for it. I don't think he's ever gotten a um, Oscar. I don't know if he has. I don't think he has. I don't even know if he, he might have been nominated. I don't know, but he is. I mean, the thing about him is he's so believable in any extreme role. He's not one of those great actors that, like, is in the comfort zone, you know. And as much as I hate to say this because I do like Denzel Washington, but you don't see Denzel really stepping outside the batter's box, his batter's box, so to speak. You know, you really don't. It's more of like, you know, you know... Sometime, maybe he'll change his batting stance, he'll change his swing, but it's still Denzel. Now, Gary Oldman can fucking get out of one batter's box, walk in another. He's, just, I mean, he could do, any, and I'm, I'm sure Denzel could too. He just hasn't that much. But I mean, look at Gary Oldman's roles. I mean, watch him as the pimp in True Romance, and then, and then watch him as Commissioner Gordon, or watch him as, you know, the bad guy in Air Force One. I mean, he went from like a fucking. It's just insane how good he. He can do anything. I think. I think he can do anything. I think he's, uh, he's one of the best. You know, people always throw out names, and you never hear. That's what I was saying. I was like, how come nobody ever. All the names you hear, you know, of course, you're going to hear Daniel Day-Lewis. I always used to say that, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman, rest his soul, um, you know, great. Christian Bale, I think, is great. There, there's there's like a handful of guys that are great. I think Johnny Depp is really good. I think uh, uh, DiCaprio's great. Uh, DiCaprio's great, man. Uh, say what you, people can say what they want about DiCaprio. You know, we'll talk some actors right now for a little bit. DiCaprio in Wolf of Wall Street and Departed. If you watch him in those two movies, I don't care. I mean, that guy is just sick. He's great. He's great. He's a great actor. Um, Christian Bale. Christian Bale's another one that I think he could do anything. You know, I just feel like Christian Bale. You know who I think is going to make a run at an Oscar in the future? I'm making a prediction here. This is kind of a dude I called it. I've noticed something, 
and I know a lot of people are going to disagree with this, but it's kind of like, because McConaughey, everyone's saying like McConaughey with, with True Detective. Well, I heard the transformation of McConaughey's acting went from when he did Lincoln Lawyer. I heard he really started to like really take it to another level. And then like now in True Detective, I almost said True Romance again. True Detective, it's like, it's really like that. And like people used to, he was kind of like a laughing stock. He was doing movies like Sahara and he was just like this, you know, pretty fucking boy, you know, without a shirt on talking, you know, talking in his little accent and shit. And everybody was like, oh my God. Now he's turning into like legit, like, I mean, he was great in Wolf of Wall Street too. You know who I think is going to have that run? Here's my prediction. I think Mark Wahlberg, and here's where I noticed it. If you saw Lone Survivor, when he gets like, not captured, but when he gets taken to the village towards the end by people that want to help him, and he sees bad guys coming, his acting in that one scene where he's leaning against the bed where he's got like the white sheets on him and he's leaning against the bed and you see his face like when he's captured, I was like, man, this guy can go to a place if he wanted to. I think he's going to get really good and I think he's going to kind of do a McConaughey where he's going to go from like action or like tough guy bullshit that you always saw him do to getting a role that he just takes to another level and he goes outside of himself and gets something. That's my prediction for Wahlberg because I, I saw it when he did Lone Survivor. This is some good uh, Versi effect shit right now, everybody. Remember this, okay? I'm calling it right now because he's got the chops to do it because you, you could see it. You could see it with certain actors. You could see certain actors that are just always going to kind of be, you know, oh yeah, they'll put him in here, he'll fit that. And then you could see this like, no nah, man, this guy's an artist and 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 this, you know, or or this woman, they they're going to take it to another, they're going to take it to another level. So, but Gary Oldman is just one of those If I was a director and I had to make a movie and my first movie was going to really judge me like in other words if the first movie I ever made was going to be a flop or a bomb I'd never be able to make another one again and I was casting it and I had a decent budget I'm going Gary Oldman is in the top two or three and on the list definite done because you know whatever you plug him in as it's going to get done you know he's just he's that guy he's he's that like he's like a great utility player on a baseball team you just put him in and it's fuck don't even think about it you know, um, so yeah, I just wanted to talk about him. Let me know the movies I'm missing. I know that there's a ton. I almost feel like maybe I should get his fucking IMDB up now because I feel bad. But, um, you know what? Let's do that. Why not? We did, we did, uh, Harold Ramis's. No, you know what? I don't want to do that because Harold Ramis passed and he deserves the, the lion's share of it. So we'll just leave it at that. But, um, yeah, no, I know, I know I'm missing a ton and I know there's one like, how can you not say that? I get it. He's, he was great and everything. Those are the ones that I remember. I mean, in, in true romance, you didn't know if he was like, he acted like half black or Spanish or something when he had that, like he, or, or just, it was just really, he was awesome. He was awesome in it. So, uh, shout out to Gary Oldman. Now, um, okay, here we go. Unacceptable for the week. We're going to go from unacceptable yeah, we're going to go from unacceptable right to the sports. And we'll talk about, oh, the Knicks lost. So that's a perfect thing. We'll go from unacceptable to the Knicks because that's like a perfect transition because the Knicks are unacceptable. And we'll do that. All right, this is an original unacceptable. This is going to be a good one. I like it because I don't think it's talked about enough. And I'm going to talk about it more. But here we go. Unacceptable for the week. These people 
who cannot write a message or a post without putting a image icon for their feelings. Like, oh my God, so happy today. I got out of work early and now I'm getting ice cream. And then next to it, they have to put a picture of an ice cream cone and a smiley face. Okay, Unex- grow up. Okay, grow- yeah, we get it. There's options on a computer to fucking be a 10-year-old. There's no reason to do it. Okay, guess what? I'm in my fucking 30s. I can understand when somebody says they're happy and getting ice cream. I don't actually need to see the ice cream next to it. Okay. Oh no, it's raining today. And then you see like somebody like either sad or crying. Like I, yeah, you're unhappy. It's raining. Say it. Okay. Let your words express how you're feeling and move on with your day. Grow up. Are you really taking the time to like go click the icon button of how you feel? And then you got people who do like four or five of them. Like really surprised. I came home and you know, the house was clean. And then there's like some stupid face. Oh, it's the worst. I said it made me want to have a middle finger or a gun icon. You know, just shut up. It's unacceptable. I get it. How old are you? Okay, fine. You're 12, 13, 14 years old. Fine. You want to put a smile? Yeah, fine. I'll give you 16. 16 is the limit. No, no, no. You know what? I'll be fair. 18 is the limit. If you're 18 years old or under, I could say it's not unacceptable. If you are in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and above, and you are putting little smiley face icons to show how you feel after the words you just posted. It is unacceptable and the problem with society today. It is the problem, okay? It's ridiculous. It is. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. There is no reason for it. Oh my God, I just bought a pair of shoes and they were on sale for even more. Feeling happy and surprised. Now I got to show you the pictures of what happy and surprised looks like. Because you're a fucking retard who can't understand my words. Stop it. It's unacceptable. I don't understand that. It's just another stupid, you know what it is? It's just another stupid media, I mean, uh, social media little tool or extension that people can fucking do. And it's just so cool and hip to do it. It's just so stupid. You know, Vine videos, I think that's crazy. Like, when's enough enough? People always say to me, oh, Verza, you don't have an Instagram or a Vine? No, I don't. I don't have an Instagram or a Vine. You want to know why? Because I have a life and I already have Facebook. I already have Twitter. I have my email. I have a fucking iPhone. What else? Why do I need everything? Does everything need to be a picture? You know, I'm telling you, it's going to be pretty soon they're going to probably come out with something where like you take a picture of like your dick or, you know, your private parts and like it it, it, like kind of transforms into something. And then like, hey, look at my dick now. They made it this today. (laughs) Yeah. Did you get on fucking genital shaper? <laughs> genital genitalshifter.com. <laughs> yeah, they made Molly's tits a fucking water fuck. It's just stupid, you know? It's it's just stupid. Enough is enough. I'm really angry at you today. Mean face. <laughs> it's just unacceptable. There's no reason for it. Stop it. Stop it. I'll tell you another thing that's unacceptable. Excuse me. I have ice in my mouth. Hold on. Because as you know, you guys know what I'm drinking. I'm drinking my iced tea. Okay. Another thing that's really kind of bugging me 
not enough to make it unacceptable because I kind of get it. But there's way too many grown men out there talking about the new WWE Network. All right. Again, this one, I say 15 or under. I'll give you 17. Once you turn 18, like, it's over. It's over. Stop it. Stop it. Okay, there's no end result that's real. There's no playoffs. There's no fuck. It's awful. It's the worst acting. I was flipping through the other day and I saw it. And it's got like, you know something, Triple H, I'll tell you, we've known each other a long time. And hey, when I see that guy, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make an example of him. I mean, come on. This is and, and you're just and then the guy standing behind him. It, it was the most ridiculous thing. It's like it's like a soap opera for the brain dead. I just picture a fat guy in Mississippi who's an awful father sitting there with his legs out and his fucking beer gut hanging over his belt where like the t-shirt is just up to his belly button and he gets so excited when like a fake surprise happens in a WWE that he wakes up his eight-year-old son and you know and he just goes in there and he's like hey Hunter you ain't gonna believe this man but I heard it Triple H gonna come out of retirement man so get ready for the fucking world man hey you mind getting out of bed get your old man another beer it's like, I, I just picture that, and I know that that's such a dumb stereotype thing, but I, I gotta be honest with you, if you're a grown man, and you're fucking really talking about it, like, look, I guess if you watch it and you got into it, look, here's what I'll say, if you watch it, and you just simply watch it knowing that it's just the dumbest, fakest shit, and it just entertains you to see how ridiculous it is, that's fine, but... Somebody sent me a clip. Oh, man, this was hilarious. Somebody sent me a clip. I said something online about, like, how, like, you know, people need to, like, it's fake. Are you serious? Like, hashtag grow up and all that shit that I was saying on Twitter. And somebody goes, well, it's still real to me. And with a link. And I'm like, I'm not even looking at this link. This is going to be some crazy, you know, wrestling fan who now hates me and like I totally said something against their favorite thing and I opened the thing and he was actually making fun of it too and what he showed was like this guy who just like this homely looking like this guy look I mean this is one of those guys that like you see him and he looks like he's in his early to mid 40s he was still living at home with his parents like just really fucked up you know and basically he was just mocking the guy or saying like it's still real to me and the guy like like these like local wrestlers were like in a high school gym or I don't know if they were like old wrestlers from the past but they were like in this gymnasium sitting down in chairs and they were giving people in the bleachers a microphone to talk and this guy gets a microphone and he goes I'm not even joking I'm going to try to do an impression as good as I can I'm not even making this up and I'm going to try to go verbatim you know he goes he goes i just want to say that uh, i appreciate what you guys put your body through it's still real to me and he just fucking freaked out and he starts going it's still real to me man and he's, he's crying he's like these people could say and i'm uh, it was a grown fuck it was a grown man in maybe his 40s crying thanking these guys who beat their bodies up, you know, it's still real to me. It was one of the saddest things 
and hilarious things that I've ever seen. But I'll say this. If you're into it and you followed it, I can't knock that. You know, I remember being in college and a buddy of mine who uh, who we lost um, to cancer. Uh, shout out to JB, man, friend of mine. But, once, you know, we would watch at night and we would just watch and kind of just be entertained and be like, oh, shit, that guy's pretty cool. You know, we would just watch like... We like watch the guys flying off the, you know, we would get, but it wasn't like, you know, we didn't have trading cards, you know, we didn't have like we we it wasn't like we weren't we we didn't talk about it like like the way some of these people talk about it. that. That's why I just you know like, I mean, come on, man, like that acting is so bad and it's just. And like the way they say something that they think is poignant, and then they look at the crowd like with that with that look. It, it's silly. It's come on, guys, come on. If you're listening to this, I want to have an intervention where you look in the mirror and say, what am I doing? Hang it up. It's a wrap. We've talked about this before. Come on. I saw the I saw a clip of the uh, Ultimate Warrior. Remember him? Well, apparently it was all rumors that... Um, it was all rumors that the Ultimate Warrior... That there was like six of them, and one of them died of AIDS, and one of them like was died of AIDS because he was homosexual, and another one died of an overdose, and like they were, no, that's that's not. There was one. There was one Ultimate Warrior, and he like talks and he talks shit about Hulk Hogan, and he was just, I was just a clip, and it just said, and the only reason why I clicked on it was because it was just like this older guy with shaved head, bald shaved head, and he was just, and I was like, is that the Ultimate Warrior today? I got to see that because when the Ultimate Warrior came out, it was sick. He would just come out flying, start doing that thing. I mean, he was, it was nuts. And he's calling Hulk Hogan by his first name. He's going, Terry, you're a piece of shit. You know what you did. You know what you did, and I'm going to expose it. And I was just like, holy shit, man. It was pretty nuts. But, um, you know, I, I just feel like if you're really seriously, like, getting together watching that shit, it's, it's uh. Time to evaluate. That's all I'm saying. Got to look in the mirror and figure stuff out. You know, it's not too late. Never too late. All right. Sports, everybody. I am officially done with the Knicks. I'm done. I'm done. I will no longer take part in watching it if I happen. My eye happens to catch. That's kind of what I'm doing now, anyway. If my eye happens to happens to catch the screen and they're on. I'll see the score. I'll see what's going on, but I'm done. There's no more vested time. I can't do it anymore. Can't do it to my heart anymore. Is a true story. Tonight, my wife and I were having an argument. We're just talking about things, and we're discussing things, and we, we kind of got into it a little bit. And at the corner of my eye, and she noticed it too. She was watching it more than me because I was, you know, trying to be a dick and hammer my point across. And the score was 108-108. And the Dallas Mavericks had the ball, and uh, Dirk Nowitzki had the ball. And while we're talking, I just say something, and then he just throws the ball up. And I'm kind of looking at the TV, not really paying attention. And the ball hits the back iron, goes up, buzzer goes off, the ball goes in the hoop, and the Knicks win at the uh, Knicks lose at the buzzer, one ten, one oh eight. And it was like right as I'm fighting with my wife, and my wife just was smirking, and I was like, "That's the Knicks in a nutshell. It's over." There's nothing, you know, it's over. There's nothing you could do about it. It's it's bad. It's going to be bad. They don't have a good team. The coach, is, the coach is over. It's over. Blow it up. You know, I'm looking forward to the younger Yankee pitchers this year. I'm looking forward to Jeter's farewell tour, one of the greats of all time. That's what I'm going to watch. 
You know, I was thinking about this too. Derek Jeter has such a horseshoe up his ass. 3,000, 3,000th hit is a home run. Rookie of the year as a rookie. Oh. As a rookie, he wins his um, World Series. So he wins a World Series and gets Rookie of the Year in 96. All these things happen. I don't know. That could be a good sign. Maybe they win something. Let's see. But uh, that guy, you know, it's like I said last time. I mean, I mean, they're not even mentioning the women. But I'd like to see them go on a big run. I'll pay attention a little more to that. I'm hoping... I was hoping for a big Knicks trade by the deadline, and they did nothing. So now I definitely can't. Like, you know, what can you do? It's like watching... Sports is bad right now. Sports is bad. I mean, the Olympics are over. That's sad to me because with the Olympics, I was at least thinking to myself, like, um, you know... All right, I'll watch bobsled and see if they, you know, you hear the little backstory, so like you almost have somebody to root for. Now that that's gone, I know what to expect with the Knicks. Baseball's just long and tedious and didn't even start yet. Football's over, you know. Luckily, I'm going to be in Canada for 20 days, and I'm going to be going to a bunch of NHL games, so I'm just going to get excited about that and start to root for. I'm not even joking. I'm going to get into hockey, man. I'm going to get into hockey. I'm buying hockey skates and shit. I'm just going to go to the rink. I don't know how to stop. I'm a good skater. I don't know how to stop. But I'm just going to start skating and fall down and shit. I don't care. I'm just, I need to do something. I, I can't, I can't occupy my time watching this bullshit on TV anymore. It's just, it's just stupid. I need to start competing. <laughs> I need to start competing. I need to, I need to start competing within myself on the ice is what I'm saying. I'm just going to get a pair of hockey skates and start skating and um, I remember one time, there's certain things you remember in life, you know. I remember one time I was um, I was skating. My dad took me to this uh, ice skating rink in Yonkers, and I was skating. And, you know, you didn't have a helmet and shit. They just give you those, like, figure skate types, you know, your rentals. And I was skating, and my brother and father were watching me, and I was by myself out there. And I remember I fell and I smacked the back of my head against the ice hard. And I remember just kind of like looking up. And then some dickhead like with that like corny. But like it was like clever for then because it was probably like late 80s. He just kind of comes over and looks at me. And I'm like my head is down and I'm looking up. And this like dickhead goes, have a nice trip. And I just remember like I'm sitting there. And the funniest thing about it was. Nobody came to help me, and as I was getting up, I just looked, and my dad and brother are laughing their asses off, and I was even laughing a little bit, and like they were laughing because I got back up, and I just would kept going, and I kept falling, and kept getting back up, and kept falling. It was, it was like a dog running on ice. <laughs> it was like a dog running on ice, but um, I did that. I did that, and I, and I remember, and then I started to remember there was a place in White Plains called Embersauce. I don't know if anybody listened, Embersol's Ice Rink, and we would go and we would rent, and like me and my friends, we would go at night, and it wasn't far, but it was pretty fun. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to get some hockey skates, and I'm going to learn how to, like, I'm going to really learn how to skate good. That's what I want to do. That's going to be my next thing to do, I think. You know, because people are telling me basketball, you're going to get hurt, and you know, if you get a little older, you're going to get hurt, so we'll see what happens with that. But I'm not old. I'm not old. I count count old, like, you know, mid-40s is getting older. You know. I just turned just turned around mid thirties, so I'm I'm good. I'm I'm still 
I'm still young. <laughs> so that's pretty much it with sports. Um, that's it, man. The, the, the Olympics are over. It sucks. I liked it. All right, now I want to talk about something that I saw last night on the Discovery Channel. We're about 40 minutes in. We're looking good. Now, hear me out with this one, because I don't know if you guys saw it, but it was a show called... Hold on, i got to find the name of it, and I want you guys to look this up. But the show that I watched was called... Um, here we go. It was about real mermaids. Real mermaids. Like people and shit in the water like in the ocean that have been like evolving and, and, and all kinds of stuff like that and the whole thing but I want I want to get the name of the show and they all describe like the same looking like the same looking thing which is really weird but the web geez, the web says uh, the name of the show was on discovery hold on hold on Jesus that can't be real there's a picture of a guy holding a baby fucking ugh, that's the sickest thing I ever seen. Um, makes you wonder if this shit is real, like this half fish, half person. But no, Discovery had the name of it, and yeah, here we go. Hold on, hold on, bear with me here, people. It was called. I don't know, fucking dude. Oh yeah, Mermaids: The Body Found. That's what it's called. It's called Mermaids: The Body Found, and basically. It's these scientists that were like listening to sonar or whatever. They were listening to the dolphins and everything. And they heard something that they never heard before. And then they said this and they thought it was this. And then, I don't know, then they caught a shark and they found something in the shark's gut. And it was like the tail of what they thought was like a manatee or, or just something that was, you know, whatever. Not a dolphin or not a, sh not a dolphin or not a seal but something else and then they found these bones and then they said they were only human bones and then what they f they noticed is they were looking at a bone sideways and then when they looked at it forward they noticed that it was hips so their whole theory was that when we kind of evolved from apes or when apes were walking you know when the monkeys were walking around and shit some of them went into the water and would kind of fish in the water and like slowly evolved and learn how to hold their breath more and more and more and then got to the point where their bodies adapted to the water and transformed and kind of evolved into this kind of half you know human with bones and half fish and shit and I'm watching this and I'm just like man this is cool but I don't know if this is real so I text Bill Burr you know and I said dude I'm watching this really interesting thing on Discovery and then he texts me back and goes I'm watching it too and we're just watching it, and it was just so interesting because they found bones of, like, human DNA in this thing. And then, of course, the government, they couldn't get it out of South Africa, and the government came and took it, and they couldn't bring it back. And one of the guys got obsessed, but apparently they saw one laying, like, when, when they got beat, like, when the whales would get beached, they have, like, a picture of one that they showed. And it's like this, it's not like, you know... It's not like Ariel and Little Mermaid and shit where they got like a beautiful face and then fucking, you know, it's not like the movie Splash. It's like the, they're kind of like their like skull is a little weird and they got like really, really big different eyes so they could like see underwater. Like they said they could see underwater like the way you would see with a mask. Like they, they could see like that. So like their eye sockets were bigger. And then one of the scientists, they had a great white shark hanging upside down and they found this thing stuck in them, right? And 
he thought it was could be like a, a stingray, a, a stingray stinger, because they say you know that's how the stingray. But this thing had like edges and was like made of like a shell or like made of something. And then like their theory was after a while that a lot of these sharks that they found stabbed with stuff were kind of man-made, and they think that's what the mermaids were using. That's what the mermaids were using against the sharks and shit. And I know this shit sounds completely crazy, but they had DNA and a body of something that was not anything other than like this thing had hips. Like they basically had a thing that had a fin and had fucking hip bones and like a weird skull. And um, you got to just see it. But like I know this shit sounds crazy. And I, listen, I I'm obviously like very skeptical, but. They just had some footage of some weird things that you could see and that went by on camera. And they just, it just, you know, so I don't know. Make your own mind up. I don't know what the fuck I saw. All I know is that the bone thing was something that was hard for me to, like, you know, deny. Um, But check it out. It was interesting. If anything, you get some good jokes out of it or at least watch it. But it's called Mermaids, The Body Found on Discovery. You could probably see a lot of it on YouTube, but give it a chance like because it takes a second. But as the story goes on, you're like, oh, shit, that makes sense. Oh, wow, that's crazy. And you just see stuff. And then throughout, you're like, man, that's got to be bullshit, man. There's no way. And then afterwards, you're like, but wait a minute, how could they have found that? So it was just one of those things that was like really intriguing. Like when I was watching that John F. Kennedy, like 24 hours right after he got assassinated, you're like, holy shit, those are things I didn't know. You got to check this out. Mermaids, the body found. Tell me what you think. Tell me if it's all bullshit. I don't know, but it was definitely something was weird though, because they were like, we have this footage and it was like a kid with something like laying on the beach and like the hand moved and then all of a sudden the head popped up and screamed and it was like a mo- like from the movie The Ring and they never said that it wasn't real. Then they showed like a 2005 video of like fishermen bringing a net up and then something was in the something was in the net that had hands and arms and like like yelled and then jumped in the water and they were like, "Oh my god, did you see that?" And you just don't know if it's acting or what what it is, but like they never said it wasn't and like they were saying like scientists were going, "We got the bones." And then they showed this shit. So I'm like, "Can they just lie?" I I got to be honest, that would freak me out more than a shark. You know? Like if I'm hanging at the beach and I see a shark, I'd be I'd probably be a little traumatized. I'd be nervous if I saw a dolphin. You know, I might be like a little, oh man, that's crazy, there's a dolphin like right near me. I don't, And I know that dolphins don't do anything, but it would just be weird or scary to be in the water and then look and see within 10 or 15 yards you saw a shark or a dolphin. That, that's, that, I don't care who you are, you'd be like, wow. Plus, some people would think the dolphin is a shark. Like, holy shit, I'm about to get eaten, eaten alive right now. That's scary. But if I saw like a dude or a woman just pull up and shit with fins... And like arms, I would, I, that would be, that would, think about how traumatizing that that would be. That's traumatizing. I don't give a shit who you are. There's no way you shake that off and you go home and you're just cutting into a chicken cut. Like, yeah, I saw a fuck, I saw a mermaid today. I swear to God, I saw a mermaid today. No, 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 I'm not bullshitting you. Can you get me to, give me the barbecue sauce? I saw a mermaid today, dude. We were hanging out. We were in Myrtle Beach, okay? Tommy and Jeff were boogie boarding. Okay, me and Vinny were just hanging out, shallow water. We saw this fin. We go, oh, shit, look at that. Is that a seal? And some jack dude popped up with a fucking spear in his hand and just waved and then went, I'm not even kidding you. I just, I saw a mermaid today, man. Like that, that would fuck, like that's, that's, that's crazy. 
Could you imagine seeing that? Like if I saw a mermaid, I would probably believe in everything else I saw on TV. Like if I saw a mermaid, I would be like Bigfoot's out there, you know, aliens live in the ocean, aliens are coming down, you know, the Loch Ness monster is definitely in there. We gotta go and see that. If I if I see if, if you see a mermaid, everything's real to me. You see a horse flying, there's unicorns, everything. I don't know if I buy it though because I just feel like if there were mermaids there would be more and I know that some people have said that they found the body not just this show they've said they've seen stuff and you know a lot of people swear by it and you know that and there's parts of the ocean that that nobody can really go and that are protected and then that's where they are but here's the thing don't you feel like those fishing nets and like those you know those whale you know, just everybody going and seeing the, the whales. and, and see, I just feel like, because apparently the mermaids swim with the whales and the dolphins. But I just feel like that um, there would have been more popping up. You know, get caught in a net or do something like that. Their whole philosophy was that there's this one place, it's the only place on earth where like dolphins bring in fish to the locals. In this one place, I forgot what part of the country it was. I think it was in South Africa. The dolphins, and this is this is actually the only place in the world that this happens. But the dolphins actually come close to shore, really, really shallow, and they bring all these fish that jump out, and they jump into the nets of these fishermen. And this is how smart dolphins are. That the the fishermen do catch the, the dolphins actually in the fishing nets and the dolphins allow them to because the dolphins know after doing this for so long that they get released and then the fishermen share the profits with them. So this is like a drug deal between the dolphin and the... Like they know. The dolphin goes in and the dolphin is like, look, that'd be funny. The dolphin's first conversation talking a friend into it. Like the friend's like, yeah, I'm hungry. And the dolphin's like, all right, look, man. Here's the deal. I know a guy. <laughs> I know a guy. All we got to do is we got to swim up to shore really close and we got to bring the little fish that follow us, you know, because that's what happens when dolphins, they, they, you know, they go with the fish and they like actually guide a school of fish to the fishermen. So he's like, look, here's what's going to happen. And they're going to, we're going to bring them in. Now, sure, you're going to get caught in a net. And the friend right there is like, fuck that. I'm not doing that, man. I got, ki I got kids back at the reef. I'm not doing that. And he's like, no, listen to me. I'm telling you this right now. We go in. We send a school of fish in there. They're going to catch a shitload of fish. Me or you may get caught in the net. I've been caught in the net before. They take the, Then they let us out. And as we're swimming away, they throw us fish. And you know, the friend's like, dude, you better not be fucking lying to me right now. <laughs> but that's actually true. And that's what happens. Where these dolphins go in. They bring a school of fish over to the fishermen. They may get caught. They let the dolphin out of the net if the dolphin gets caught. And as the dolphin's going away, they actually throw him the fish. And they do this as a routine. How sick is that? So they're saying that, like, that's the, you know, there's a thing between dolphin and man. And they know about it. I don't know. But I don't know if I'm buying it. But do yourself a favor and watch it and tell me what you think or if anybody heard any stories about it. Because I like talking about certain stuff like this on the show because, A... I'm talking into a microphone, so if you people think I'm crazy or nuts, I don't have to hear you going, ah, oh, you're out of your mind, Verzi, you're fucking crazy. At least I could talk into a microphone and not have to hear any of the feedback that I'm crazy and I don't know what I'm talking about. But it was pretty interesting. You know, there are some times where you catch something and you're like, you know, you're like, oh, man, I got to watch. Like, I wanted to go to bed. It was 12 o'clock. I'm like, I don't want to watch this shit. I don't need to watch this. 
And then all of a sudden, I'm like, now I got to see. They got a body. You got to see what happened. How great would it be if they caught one and they just had an interview with one? But yeah, they don't like to, apparently they don't talk. Apparently they talk like dolphins, like, or they have like a different kind of thing. And that's what came up and that's what they heard. But these scientists were convinced, like this guy dedicated his life. Like this guy knows that they're, they're out there apparently, you know, to him. So, you know, now I'm like, I'm online, I'm searching for pictures of them to say, no, I know, I I swear I saw it. (laughs) But I, I know, I know it's probably all bullshit. All right, everybody, what else do we got here? Uh, so what do we do? Yeah, we talked about that. We talked about how Ramis, we talked about Gary Oldman. We did some sports, talked some movies. We did an unacceptable for the week. Wow, we are cruising right along here. Um, go to some plugs. We'll go to some plugs. Actually, I wanted to talk about something else, but I guess, I guess everything flew by here. That was quick. I'm looking forward to this Liam Neeson movie nonstop. I don't know. I got a good feeling about it, which means it's probably going to be terrible. Um, yeah, I guess. Fuck it. That's it. Let's do plugs. 50-something minutes in. You know what? Let's leave you guys wanting more. Less is more. Not going to keep doing an hour 15, an hour and 20. Why? I want you guys coming back. Send those messages onto iTunes. Let's do this. Here we go. The next 20 days, and I'm going to put this up. I'm going to send, I'm going to say the whole, what's it called? The whole schedule I'm going to give to you guys now if you are in Canada. So here is the schedule. I will be doing 22 theater shows in 19 days with Bill Burr. It's going to be fucking insane, man. I'm, I'm so excited to do this, and, and I'm just excited to work. You know, I just want to work and get better. That's what you do this for, you know, to be... Because I feel like in comedy, that's what happens. You go from like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this for a living to, wow, I think I could get good. And then, you know, wow, man, can I be great? And can I be memorable? And and you just want to fucking just leave a good body of work behind. You know, that's why I wanted to talk about Harold Ramis because that's exactly what he did. But here are the shows. If you are in Canada, I will give you the dates and then I'll give you the dates after... um, March 1st, I'm doing two shows. We are doing two shows. Um, Me, I will be opening for Bill Burr. The Capitol Theater in Moncton, New Brunswick at 8 and 10. That's the first. March 2nd, the Rebecca Kahn Auditorium in Halifax. Late show, same thing. March 4th, the, uh, the Knack Theater in Ottawa. March 5th, Metropolis in Montreal. That's the same theater I performed at the Montreal Comedy Festival for the Relationship Show. Uh, March 6th, back at the Knack Theater in Ottawa. Uh, Then a late show that night at the Knack. March 7th, the Hamilton Place Theater in Hamilton, Ontario. I believe it's at Hamilton, Ontario. Um, uh, Then the 8th, the QET in Toronto. Then the 9th, uh, Macy Hall, Toronto. The 10th. Uh, Continental Hall, London, Ontario. Then back to Montreal on the 11th, Metropolis. The 13th, Burton Burton Cummings Theater in Winnipeg. Um, The 14th, Winsphere Center, Edmonton. 
the 15th, McEwing Hall Ballroom, Calgary, then a late show there too. The 16th, the Vogue Theater in Vancouver, then a late show there, then the next day one more show there. So it looks like there's going to be one... Two, three shows there. The 18th, the Royal Theater in Victoria. The 19th, back to McEwing Hall in Calgary. The 25th, the Flynn Theater in... No, I'm sorry, that's it. That's it. After McEwing Hall, then... I'm sorry. Yes, McEwing Hall, the, the 19th. Then the 20th, if I get back to New York in time, I will be actually performing at Levity Live with Godfrey. Um, the 20th through the 23rd, I do not know if I am going to land in time. I will let that be known on the podcast leading up, but um, I will definitely be at Levity Live with Godfrey the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd of March when I get back from Canada, but I might be able to squeeze the Thursday in when I fly back on the 20th. Um, so please check those. If you are in any of those things, man, come out. Uh, I've been having a great time with Burr. We've been having a great time on the road, man. The shows have been just so much fun. Sick crowds, sick shows. It's 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 been unreal. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then when I do get back, I will be at Levity. And I would also like to announce that it looks like um, the the final place, <laughs> the final resting place for my debut album. No, but it looks like the uh, final place where we decided to tape my debut comedy album, which I think I am going to change the title again. So I don't even know the name. We've been changing this thing for two years. I don't know what I'm going to call it, but I'm going to have to make a decision because it's either going to be the last week of March or the uh, second week in April at the Two River Theater in Count... uh, I'm sorry, in um, Count Basie's in Red Bank. Red Bank, New Jersey, everybody. I know, I never thought I would do it in Jersey, but it looks like I'm going to be doing a 350-seat theater for my debut comedy album taping in New Jersey. I will let you guys know. Um, I will have comps for some people to come out to that. Also, I will. Um, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. We're going to advertise for it, and it's going to be um, a piece of my comedy history, something that I'll have forever. So, I'm um, looking forward to that. We're just uh, we were talking today about it, and it's just a matter of. It's not a matter of if it's going to happen. It's a matter of when. Um, if another suitor comes in in the 11th hour with a better deal somewhere in New York or something like that, I will look into that, but that's kind of, it's really far right now. Like, I feel like, I feel like this theater in Red Bank is like an NFL team that offered me 10 million and the only way I'm jumping ship is like right before like the press conference or, you know, I sign the papers there, you know, someone's going to come in with like 12 million and like all I could eat sushi for a year with my, like something ridiculous. So, um, that's how it's looking. I will let you know the dates. I'll even tell you the dates I'm looking at. I'm looking at. The la- literally the one of the last two couple of days in March because then I fly to Los Angeles or um, one of the first two Saturdays in April. So kind of have that in. I would love everybody to to be there that can be there if, if that's possible. We're going to find that out. I'm going to figure all the out. I'm going to have all the logistics done, have all that stuff done, and it's going to be a CD taping and maybe even a DVD taping. We might even do something that's, uh, you know, the visual special, depending on all that stuff. we got to go through a ton of stuff. You know, it's not just me. That's the thing about this. It's managers. It's the venue. You know, all that stuff. And thank God I don't have to take care of it. Uh, I could just 
you know, tell what I want and see if it gets close to what I want and, and all that stuff. But um, it's a great little theater. It, it's 350, but it feels smaller and the sound is great. And um, I'm looking forward to, to doing it. Finally, getting that off my plate and having something that uh, having the first one done. So um, I'm going to try to, to to fucking name it. I should just name it. Couldn't think of the name. It's the Couldn't Think of the Name album by Paul Verzi. I don't know. I have a couple of different ones. And then, you know, there's just so many ideas. And then you think about the things you talk about on stage. It's really a pain in the ass. I think the two hardest things in comedy have been trying to get a good, clean, five, six-minute tape and naming shit. Like, I mean, we're two months away from finishing this documentary film that I've been working on for almost two years, and we don't, we don't have a name, and my album is about to be recorded this spring, and I don't have a name. It's just, you know, it'll come, they'll come, but it's, it's a pain in the ass, it really is, because you, you just don't know what, and then you think about it, you're like, it's cool at the moment, then you think about it, like, what was I thinking, that's so stupid, people aren't going to know, and then you got to explain it to people, it's just, then you're like, oh, should the picture match the name? You know, I was. Should the picture match the name of the thing? So then it's just self-explanatory, and if they don't get it, they're just dumb. I don't know. Who knows? All I know is there might be mermaids out there, people, and that's really intriguing and it's really weird to me. And I, what can I say? They might be out there. So, uh, that's episode one fifty, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. I had a good time. I really did. I wish there was more to talk about sports, but sports stinks right now. But I think we nailed it with the movies. So, that's it. I will talk to you guys. Please, thank you so much for listening. This has been episode 150. We're only 150 away from 300, guys. I think we could do it together. That would mean, if I got to episode 300, that would mean that I would be doing this going on six and a half years. Because, yeah, because I'm going, I'm over, what is it, uh... I'm about three years. I started December three years ago. So and now in January, February, March, yeah. So it would be about six years and three months if I get to 300. You know, and there's no reason why. Let's let's keep it going. So and the only way that happens, if you guys keep listening, please keep spreading the word. Follow me on Twitter at Paul Verzi. That's V-I-R-Z-I. Let me know your comments and everything um, on there about the show. Also, send your comments to iTunes. And um, check some of uh, my buddy Giannis Pappas. Giannis has been on the show. Remember when he was in Cleveland? Giannis is extremely talented and one of my favorite dudes. Uh, he has a podcast available. Uh, it's called Let's Be Giannis. That's Y-A-N-N-I-S. Check it out, man. Um, really smart dude, funny dude. Have a great time at Giannis. Um, also check out my buddy Chris Lamberth, the Mundane Festival. Uh, Chris has been doing it. I think he's been doing it like 50 episodes, 50 plus episodes, 54, 55 episodes, something like that. And um, I was a guest on that. You could check that one out. You know, he will never admit it. It's probably the best one he's done. Um, but, uh, he's, he's been, you know, he's rocking and rolling with this podcast thing and uh, all of my friends that have a podcast, check them out. If they've been on the show, if I like them, check them out, support it. What are you going to do? What are you going to listen to someone on the radio talking about, you know, Miley Cyrus, his little tits on the road. Who gives a shit? You know, listen to a podcast, listen to a comedian, talk about shit that's on his mind and, uh, have a good time with that. So that's it. Um, comments on iTunes. Please leave them. Trying to get into the top 100 as always. We're we're moving up. The numbers keep going up. So 
That's all I could ask. So thank you guys. I hope everybody has a great week. We will be back to putting this out late on Monday nights, and that's where I want to keep it. I want this out on Monday nights, okay? So you have it for Tuesday through, you know, whenever uh, the next time. But I, I just, I, I'd like to do this like I'd like to have the weekend, and then after the weekend, sometime in the evening on Monday, get it recorded. That's the goal. All right? Thank you. Until episode 151. Uh, I am Paul Verzi. I am out of here. Thank you so much. Hope you enjoyed it.